0: The New Zealand Business Podcast, brought to you by Guerrilla Technology,
1: your strategic and proactive IT partner. Hi, I'm Paul Spain, and welcome along to this, the 15th episode of the New Zealand Business Podcast. Now, this episode, we have a guest host. Yes, we have business journalist and communications expert, Joanna Bennett. She's talking with Francesca Alexander, an American entrepreneur and social media professional who has been living and running her business, Social Global Grind, in New Zealand since 2014. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy this one.
0: My name's Joanna Bennett, and I'm here today with Francesca Alexander. She's a Californian turned Kiwi who moved to New Zealand about 18 months ago, I think now, with her New Zealand husband, Callum. She's lived in San Francisco and Los Angeles, a Hollywood makeup artist. She started her own social media business some years ago now, teaching everyone from celebrities to women running small businesses to tech startup companies, how to make the most of social media to get their businesses noticed and get sales moving. She reckons that the US is about four years ahead of us here in New Zealand when it comes to social media use, so I'm hoping she can tell us a thing or two that might be useful to you guys. Hello Francesca, thank you for talking to me today, so let's start at the beginning. Tell us about yourself and how you started using social media. I believe you learned to love it because it helped you, especially something called social no E Harmony that I'd not heard of, <laughs> which sounds like a gentler version of Tinder.
1: So it, it is and it's it's a company from Pasadena, California and E is 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 well, it, the a story starts there. I'm not sure if that's actually a social media thing, but it was a website that paired people that were interested in and real relationships. So it's not, yes, you're right, it's definitely different from Tinder. It's like the polar opposite. And uh, I had a run of some good, you know, string of bad guys. I thought maybe I should try a, a good guy.
0: Sounds like a good idea to me.
1: <laughs> so um, from there, I uh, really started using social media in terms of connecting with other Kiwis, and listen. It's it's the funniest line in the book. If you ask an American, you know, where's New Zealand? They'll say where. <laughs> you know, but for me, it was it was um, it was all very fairy tale like, very enchanting. You know, my at the time my new boyfriend had this wonderful accent, and I wanted to find more about the people. What did it make? You know, how did how did they tick? What what made them tick? And I started reaching out with other Kiwis on Twitter. Is that when you started your um, your Twitter? Yeah, account? it was. It, y- yes, it was, and it really was about just the curiosity, um, finding out about new people, and it was really interesting because it was like you were texting somebody, and they would give a response back and. They're from the you know, other half side of the world. It was a remarkable thing. And um, at the time, I was not in marketing. I was in sales. But I was seeing how simple engagement happened and what it meant to really be, oh gosh, vulnerable. Um in social media. This is no, well, this is like a year after Twitter just started. So it was very early days and um I usually have I'm the kind of girl that has my heart on my sleeve, so I really just tried to like just check out the boundaries and see how it all worked. And it was a really magnificent sort of journey, me sitting in my home in Pasadena and being able to text people around the world and get feedback on everything. I mean, even I I actually had started my big weight loss journey at the time, and I was able to connect with other people that were going through that too. And I was also telling the story of this great guy I just met and how I'm over here and he's way over there and, you know, he'll come over eventually. And so it, it was just a really cool platform to really connect with people that, um, I've never known, and also it has a little bit of a, that anonymity that really works sometimes, where you can kind of just share your, your soul in a safe environment, in a way. What about the trolls? That didn't happen till later. So I'm like, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah the, I mean, I get them now, but th- that's another story. It's actually, for me, it's a badge of honor. If I get a troll, that means that I'm disturbing somebody, and my voice is loud. Isn't that awesome? <laughs>
0: I understand you've got a massive Twitter following now. What are you up to? Oh, um,
1: I think it's close to sixty, but it, it wasn't sixty thousand. Was talking. sixty thousand? And it wasn't <clears throat> it wasn't supposed to, or I wasn't really focused on that because I was, you know, that digital marketer that wanted to get that for their clients. But I soon realized if I didn't have that sort of following, how can I draw clients to really check me out? So that's why I really, really started um, wanting to build that organically.
0: But you've got some tips about using Twitter because even now I think some people don't realize the conversation and they're just like put a sales message out there Mm. and
1: wonder why it doesn't work. Yeah. And you know, I've Mm. I've fallen into that trap too. I especially used to fall into that trap. I would say just at the you know end of November after Thanksgiving and you have Cyber Monday and you got to sell your product and you got to you know act fast and act now and yes that that doesn't work <laughs> it absolutely doesn't work so what does work is just repeating why you do what you do and what's your passion behind it and those, that always seems to really resonate with everybody. You know, the, the people going to your website after hearing that will, will want to find out more about you. But it's not, it's not necessarily, you know, you don't have to beat people over uh, with the value or a product. You could just talk about why you do what you do.
0: Is that like your rugby story where you were, you were sort of so concerned at losing your husband to rugby that you made um, a tent on the couch and you guys got under it, and he was bringing you wine rather than you bringing him beers? Is that uh, the kind of thing you mean?
1: I, in terms of, of uh, meaning um, just a distraction? Is that what you're talking about, or pulling away? or? Well,
0: I think you like a personal story, because you seem to share on different
1: platforms uh,
0: on social media. That's true.
1: So one of the social media platforms that I like sharing stories is, is MailChimp, and it's a newsletter. Uh, uh, creator and I did um, out of total frustration because listen I, I understand you guys love your rugby over there we love our NFL football over here it's just so interesting it's 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 almost like the it's a drum circle everybody's beating on it it's just incredible but yes it's it's i call myself a rugby widow when the all blacks play in particular there was a situation where i could not get my husband to focus on me and that's that's never good (laughs) so what i did instead of just you know going through the same old arguments i I went ahead and I, i i changed the whole you know front room um to look like it was you know fairy lights and and a tent over the couch and we live on a 13 floor apartment building so it looks like we were floating and i really made it put it around pleasure um and he actually was waiting on me instead of ignoring me, so he was giving me the glass of wine. And I had shared this, I'm like, all right, we got to turn this around. And you know, for the most part, it it happens if you make that occasion special. But you know, there's again, I'm I'm dealing with a Kiwi guy, so <laughs> it oh, no. be that rugby widow every and once I, in a while. I think the, that story will resonate with a lot of people. <laughs>
0: I, I, from the social media point of view, I was thinking about the fact that you will share something on different platforms, like yes. you'll tweet that as well as being in your e-newsletter and you'll put it on your website and I don't know if you could Instagram it perhaps you could it sounds like you
1: could oh you definitely could it, I, I think that that's that's one of the cool uh-huh. point of differences with social media is that yes you can be a brand but you can, you can personalize it as well
0: and are you saying that sharing your story like a personal story that resonates with other people I mean obviously rugby is such a big deal here that actually gets
1: you out there and helps your business ultimately i think so i think if you're really relatable and you know primarily my my demographic is 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 a very much reflection of myself so it's between the ages of oh goodness i would say 35 and up because i i feel like i'm 35 and up i'm definitely more than 35 but you know i'm just saying that i i really resonate and connect with women so if they can find something in my life that's relatable including my success stories and not so successful stories I think that that's really important is to share that through social media yes I have a good company and it's you know always been really sustainable not always but at least it is now but I definitely want to show and share that it's not all perfect and I think that entrepreneurs don't talk about that
0: no they don't. There's definitely a dark side to entrepreneurship. Mm. Yes. I mean one of the things you were saying is you got on you got onto social media because you were feeling a bit isolated and lonely at that time and I think you, you then said to me that that can be the case when you're starting your own business as well. Oh, and social I, yeah. media can can help with that.
1: It can. It really can, and I'll, and I'll bring an example up with that. So there are things that hit that, uh, and I and I really resonate with the female entrepreneur experience. So, which is you know, men have a very different one, and it's great. Um, they've been in it for a while. Women are barely are just kind of discovering what those feelings are. So yes, there's isolation. There is self doubt. There are people that don't understand what you're doing. They really would like it if you could just get a stable job. So we're always having to go through that cycle. Um, and one way that you can really help with that is gaining a community. And I've used the meetup, meetup.com or the meetup groups to really help with that, especially me moving, you know, from Los Angeles with with no friendships here. If I wanted to create that. I used meetup for that. Tell us a little bit about meetup because I don't think everyone's familiar with it. So I believe meetup.com, and I'm, I feel like it's a New York company. Um, I might be wrong. And basically, it is about these, everybody's familiar with a pop-up store, it's kind of like pop-up groups. So support groups, or um, but not, a, <laughs> not, I say support groups, it sounds very California and very LA. It's like, no, it's not that kind of support group. It's, it's whatever you want it to be. So maybe you wanted to have a wine club, if you wanted a book club, if you wanted to be an artist that collaborated with a bunch of artists, it, it's, it could be anything that you wanted to be. I, in particular, um, this January, had started one that's called Women Who Amp. And Women Who Amp is framed around female entrepreneurs and some of the obstacles that they have to go through and how they can use each other for support. And it's grown to over 400-plus women. Um, It's very active. Um, there's a wonderful place that is really accommodating um, that I use often, and it's the White Rabbit and Brittle Mart. They're they're amazing, and they've really been supportive through the, through the cause. and I needed to say that because I just got an amazing email from them uh, that was just lovely. So um, yeah, so so there are ways that you can do it, and and if you are that entrepreneur, you mean you could be in the smallest little suburb somewhere around the world, you can start it. You don't have to. Um, wait to find one that works for you you can create one and I will I can absolutely share how I do it or you know what we talk about our topics I'm happy to share that if you contact me and
0: Britomart's in Auckland yes. yes in case people listening in aren't aren't in Auckland I thought I'd let you guys know that how would you describe Britomart oh goodness it's a sort of um it's kind of an upmarket shopping and business center but it's quite small because Auckland's not that big and it's on the waterfront and as, as I'm sure Francesca's discovered New Zealand has got a a really thriving cafe culture and and, and white rabbit the cafe is um we're, we're not getting paid for them just so you know this they're um, amazing though yeah, yeah they but, but it's just a nice sort of coffee bar with lots of um, nice food if you fancy that as well one of the things that really interested me when we were talking about social media is like I was immediately thinking about Twitter and the other platforms. And you said the, and you learned this from your celebrity clients in Hollywood, who I gather you can't name because it's confidential. But you said, um, well, a real basic for everyone on social media, particularly when they're in business, is reputation. And it's not just for celebrities.
1: Could you talk about that a bit? Oh, yeah. Reputation management. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Yes, I, I have worked with celebrities that have... Have, well, listen, every celebrity at any level might misstep a little bit socially. And that means they might overshare, they might, um, uh, you know, talk about exactly what upset them at that moment. You are dealing with a subset of people that are always being told yes. So when they're told no, they let everybody know. And it's it's happened um, even with a business that I that I helped do social media marketing with, and uh, one celebrity had decided that he wasn't happy with that day's service, and he tweeted it. And you know, it's it's just it's all those nuances that maybe in the beginning, this is why I think New Zealand is one up from America. See, see, we you've seen our mistakes, (laughs) you've seen our mistakes, and you also have the benefit of using analytics. To understand where you're going, but that's a that's a different Oprah. But going back to to, you know, celebrities and, and how they, they need to understand reputation management is, is, you know, don't tweet in the middle of it. It's like even with, with clients or colleagues, I always say, like, listen, if you're upset, don't send that email until 24 hours. It's the same thing with Twitter. Once that happens, how do you manage something like that? The best way to do it is transparency. Address it head on. You know, totally call it out. What exactly went wrong? Listen, this is what what happened, and this is what I'm responsible for. Go down and acknowledge the people that you might offended, and then you know, show something that's tangible on how you can counteract that action. So maybe it's it's an opposing positive action. And there's different steps, different situations, Um, you know, and I can pull a lot of different situations that are great um, case studies. I think one of my favorite case study is Kim Kardashian after she got married and she received a lot of gifts, a lot of money for a, a marriage that was dissolved was, I think, 28 days after? It wasn't long. It wasn't long. Something really ridiculous like that. And it not only tarnished her, but it tarnished the Kardashian brand. And I know that sounds silly for me to say that, oh, that's what, you know, tarnished it. But it, they, everybody was looped into that. And um, they could have done some other steps to further along and dissipate that sort of action of what what had happened. But instead... And again, it's 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 on the the, the, uh, the idea of all press is good press, but they received, like, press every day. It was a leading news story in Los Angeles. If you can believe that, <laughs> if you can believe this about us Americans, but sometimes the Kardashians are leading in the news, like, the first five, you know, three stories. So, yeah, we... we uh, we got enough of that. So it's, you know, listen, that's just one example, but a lot of a lot of celebrities um, uh, need to understand how to untangle themselves if they're in that situation.
0: It sounds to me like celebrities and ordinary people like us are like, if you do something wrong and you, you're you very public about it on social media, you just have to say
1: sorry. Yeah. And, and that's also happened with the subset of, of you know, uh, reality stars. Hmm. It's a very hard place to 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 live and be on social now. If you could imagine the fourteen-year-old now in, in twenty fifteen, what is up? You know what she's up against. It's you know it's a different scene. I mean, everything that she does, any mistake, is recorded and doesn't go away. No, it's big. Well, moving on from that,
0: fascinating as it is, um, Pinterest. You're, that you're a big fan of Pinterest. I mean, uh, they, it's very much a girl's thing. Yes. But we'll talk about my sort of boysy things as well. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I gather 97% of the people who use Pinterest are women. But you're a big fan of it as a business tool. Can you
1: talk about that? Oh, it's just another way mm-hmm. to really just amplify who you are. You know, this is this is what I believe in. This is what I like. This is my aesthetic. This is um, These are things that really, um, you know, Resonate with me or that I, I love publishing. And it's for me, it's a relaxing social media outlet where I can just, okay, let me just grab my phone. For this five minutes, I'm just going to check out Pinterest and see what I can repost or repin. And it, it feels great. And I, I am a former makeup artist, so I, I especially thrive in the world of fashion and and especially in beauty. So those things are the images that turn me on and what I like to share mostly Um, and also too it's a great marketing tool to show show off your aesthetic and using um, you know created infographics that are really about you and you can tie them up with you know inspirational quotes is, is a really good example or maybe you're offering a product it's a great way to show off features and benefits to a product Yeah, I gather you were saying use
0: hashtags and look at the search engine optimization aspect of it and Mm. also keywords so that you get to the people that you want to get to. Right,
1: and uh, ideally it it should be um, the the easiest and most fun thing that you can do in terms of branding, especially if, yes, if if you're in the female space. I mean, my husband does use Pinterest, but it's for... um, Tattoos. <laughs> he has a board for tattoos. That he so he's to one on. of the three percent of men we go on Pinterest. <laughs> he does like it. He's always interested in what I'm doing. Like, how do you how do you Instagram? How do you do that? So it's he's 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 a very curious guy. And
0: has he actually um, found a tattoo artist to go to through Pinterest here, just out of interest, seeing
1: if it actually works for businesses? He's. Yeah, this is a great example. You know, he's he's interested in very tribal New Zealand Pacifica designs you know there should be artists out there that are showing off their portfolio with that you know we, we are having word of mouth conversations to find the new artist he's using he's using pinterest to pull the design that's it so there's an opportunity there by there's the an absolute of opportunity and it's not that hard to do i mean if it's especially if you're a small business and you know you, you want to know how to do that there there are i mean i'm really accessible you can always reach out to me and and i can you know share how to do that really easily yeah
0: i think that um we were talking about the richie McCaw. Is it Dre headphones, YouTube. Oh, Dr. Dre. Yeah, Dr. Dre. The, 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 beat, the beat. The YouTube headphones, video, yeah. which is which is it was, it was It's gone viral on social media. Yes, yes. And that very much seems to resonate with what you are saying about the the New Zealand story with the hacker translated. So this is our land and we belong here. I didn't see any tats in it, but there's an awful lot of images of Ricky, Richie. Sorry, Richie, wearing these these headphones and going for runs, getting himself ready for more sporting glory
1: and the team too you know and uh, first of all iTunes is genius at this Apple is genius at this they always talk about what they believe in and they use Richie McCaw to um show what why you would have to you you need Beats headphones and, and um those that was such a great campaign because what it does is it shows the intensity and in how he used them to train and how he was determined to go and smash britain just it i mean there's even a, a thing where he's actually smashing a car with the with the union jack that's on it that's right yeah that's, few times more than once yes. so it just it shows the intention it shows the drive it shows why you want to be a part of that and how sexy is that you know, excluding Mr. Macaw, but you know what I mean. It's just, it's, it's a great, great advertisement.
0: Yeah, it was um, very high quality. Mm. I have to say, didn't get bored at all. No, I mean YouTube can bore you. <laughs> now something i wanted to touch on was the dark side of social media because um there's obviously this idea that very young people just get on it and they just know what they're doing automatically and clearly they don't otherwise you wouldn't be talking about reputation management and what you did that was done when you were 14 coming back to haunt you 10 years Mm -hmm. later but there's um there's a kind of business side to it where you can damage your online brand with illegal backlinks and buying followers and all this kind of thing that the more disreputable seo experts for example might try and persuade you to do what can people do and what shouldn't they be doing
1: to to enhance their online presence oh that's such a good question i think that you know what always feel like you're in a job interview when you're using social media I think that that's probably the prime prime idea, and I've seen um, you know a, a very talented um, uh, family, and on my New Zealand side, there's there's very talented people that are you know with the last name Alexander are growing up, and I'm always coaching them on. What they should do, and they're really they're good nat they're very natural at sharing what they are. But if if I can only if I can say one thing to them, it's it's just like you know feel like you're always on that university interview or the job interview, and act like you accordingly. You know what I mean? And listen, you could be silly with your friends. That's great. Just don't record it. So <laughs> if you can just take the take the phone out of the equation, you're gonna actually have much more fun, and you can just you know be you without performing. I was also thinking about the business side of, you know,
0: like for instance people, they can have a blog and they don't realize that if they continually upload stuff from other people even if they attribute it, that um, Google views that as content farming. I mean if, uh. you, if you stuff up with things like that and your, your use of social media online, what do you think you can do to, to um,
1: repair things? Oh, there's, there's a very interesting... Um, Actually, I ran into a gentleman that that had that problem where there, a company was using illegal backlinks, and Google penalized them such that They erase them from Google. (laughs) Just imagine you're a business. You're taking advice from somebody saying, hey, yeah, we'll we'll be able to get your Google ranking up and we're going to do all of these backlinks on different websites. Meanwhile, you're the the person behind the business. This sounds all legit. And how would you know it's not legit according to Google standards? So if it's against Google best practices and you do something naughty like that, the repercussions are you're wiped clean from Google so that's one thing you don't want to do is you definitely don't want to get into that conversation with somebody that you know what I call like this the slick salesman approach you know to SEO kick the tires find out if things are legit um, that's that practice is is not um, it, it's it's been used for a lot of businesses what can what can you do um, to reverse that, not very much. Um, listen, but if that has happened to you, instead of using Google, you absolutely can drive a campaign through Facebook, but um, and, and use that route, and you can recover using Facebook. So that that's a that's something that I think that perhaps Google is using to consider um, changing. Their, their best practices or maybe even rethinking it in general because I need to. It's a little antiquated.
0: Can you explain exactly what an illegal
1: backlink is? Okay. So an illegal backlink is, um, let's just say I was, I was doing that as a business. And what I could do is I could create all of these different type of websites. And the longer they stay, uh, or the longer I have them, the better, actually and have all of these random different uh, websites. They don't have a lot of content on it unless I'm working for a client. What a backlink is is that it will bring back or bring traffic back to a particular website so if my client if I need to backlink something for my clients like a blog or or anything um, I would post it or backlink it on my website and maybe I I do this process with my 20 websites and I'm doing all of that and um, they get noticed by Google and Google's going wow this this blog is popular. This this page is popular on someone else's uh, you know blog. Basically, you're boosting the popularity. So as you do that, um, as you boost the popularity, you're. Announcement, or your blog or your page or your Google recognition goes up a page. So, and, and that would mean um, that when you type in something, say you wanted to get an eyelash curler and you had that company and if you type in eyelash curler, what page do you come on? you know, come up on, um, you might be, you might start at page eight and listen, no one really looks up past page one. I mean, maybe two, three is, is, is very rare. Um, so if you're on page eight and you do this illegal process and you're on page one and you're right underneath the ads, um, you know, wow. That You you would sense that that was a good thing, but Google will eventually penalize you for that and wipe you clean. So it's not something you want to do. You want to do it in a way that is legitimate, and you want to post through social media is one of the best ways to do it, to get that ranking. So if people are talking about um, your product in a way that is organic you're going to get a longer a long-term effect as opposed to something that is, is cheap and easy so you're basically talking about original material and being authentic and engaging with people absolutely and you know at the end of the day we we want that i mean there's a lot of things out there that that are comparable to other products why do i need to buy your product it always it comes back to that
0: Okay, it's getting very technical there. So I thought, <laughs> no, no, that's, that's very good. We need to know these things. And, mm. and it's, it's so easy to fall down these particular rabbit holes if we don't know they're there. Now, one of the other things that I understand you're quite keen on is that entrepreneurs in general, but you, I think you think women in particular, have a lot of difficulty, particularly so when they're starting out, asking clients to pay them. And you've got some um, ways that people can do that. I mean, can you share some of them? I mean, you've mentioned to me MailChimp auto-reminders, asking for payment up front and using, I don't quite know what this is, the IPN feature on PayPal. Can you talk about this a bit more? I think people find it very useful.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great thing. So when I remodeled my business, um, I really started thinking about what makes me feel good. When I'm working with a client... What's uncomfortable and what makes me feel good? What I'm and you know, females I think in, in general have uh, this issue with with money. Where if they're asking for a client, they don't want to be perceived like, oh, I don't want them to think that I'm all about money. But you know what, money is an exchange of energy, and it needs to be there for the client to take you seriously. I can't stress that enough. If you don't charge correctly, if you don't charge or you're late on an invoice your credibility slips so in order for you to to, to catch up um or or to s- to show the right tonality with a client is that for me anyway this is i'm, I'm speaking from a place of me <laughs> and i know that it's different from maybe a new zealand run business but i i love and it makes me feel good when i'm paid in advance so I work really hard for clients when they pay a month in advance and they uh, and it's an auto-generated payment of 3 months. So that is that's always worked really well for me. It makes the client show up. On time and show up for themselves when they do that, because that's another thing. If you ever, I mean, if you ever been in the coaching realm or business coaching, or or if you're freelancer, you know, sometimes what they'll do is they'll, th- they'll the perception is they'll throw work at you. They paid you, great. That's that's all my responsibility. I just wrote a check. I'm done. And we both know that that's not true. They need to have they have deliverables as well. So if you have a good dollar amount that they need to that they recognize that they just paid, they will absolutely show up on time and they will give you the stuff that they need so they can be within uh, those time parameters to achieve those goals. Now, that's that's one thing, and I use MailChimp for auto-reminders to to let them know that, hey, payment is around the corner just to remind you, um, you know, in the next seven days you're going to get an invoice, or what's, what even worked? like je- It was genius. I think this, the, <laughs> this was a genius move, I have to say, for me anyway, because I'm very uncomfortable with money. So what I did is I went through what's called an IPN feature on MailChimp. And by the way, anything that I'm saying, you could literally, I, I don't say Google it, I say YouTube it, because I'm a visual learner. So if you need to go, how do I set up an IPN on YouTube? They'll show you step by step. So... What this does, it's almost like a subscription. Like if you're you're familiar with the subscription process, mm-hmm. you can set it for three months, six months, or weeks, um, and they automatically get pulled from the credit card that they opted to sign up for, for your services. It will continuously for you know agreed amount, and and if it's once a month, if you set it that way, it will automatically deduct that payment for you. And what happens is that PayPal will go ahead and auto-generate an invoice for that client. I mean, how great is that? So you don't have any uncomfortable conversations at all. It's just, it's done. It's part of that process. And a way for clients to get started with me is that they actually have to set this account up. I make it very easy for them. I put it on a PDF and it's a clickable PDF. So all that you have to do is click here and it just shows them the steps. It's super easy. It's, and it's, you know, hands-free. I, what was the third um, element? We did MailChimp. We did IPN. Well, was the other uh thing we wanted to talk about ah oh, a lot less nitty-gritty
0: it's the you talk a lot about pleasure in business oh. <laughs> so that's very different it's quite different well i don't know money you can buy it's pleasurable to get paid and that's part of it but but um, that was the third thing i was going to come on to that so we have probably dealt with money for the moment so um you've talked talked to me about how do you put it if you enjoy yourself in your business that you'll be more successful which I thought was quite a radical idea I think because Mm. like a lot of women I think you don't tend to put yourself first Oh yeah and and I think the pleasure part of life can get you know put to the side and and it was it seems to be a big deal with you and, and also you think it's a big part of a sustainable and successful
1: business particularly for women. Yeah, I mean I categorically I think any woman you know we have that survival instinct and and let's get that done first and part of it is is you know we're primary caretakers for the most part so if we have children how do we make sure that they're okay you know if we, we have a husband we might or a partner we might we want to make sure that he or she is okay um, and and you know usually we're last and what happens if you're an entrepreneur <laughs> what well, you throw throw yourself you know in that situation being an entrepreneur There's got to be a lot of self-care involved. And yeah, I'm starting, you know, you can totally hear the girl from LA on this one. But it it absolutely has to deal with being in a place, place of pleasure. And you see it all around. I, I think when when I see female entrepreneurs, um, you know, when I was working in L.A. or New York or even in San Francisco, if they got a treatment done, like a manicure, pedicure, you would see these women having laptops on on their their laps and working, so they have a reason to enjoy that moment and work. What if you can constantly and consistently? Be in that space where you're taking care of yourself and you're able to work. So what happened to me in 2011 is that I I went to a, a wonderful um, women uh, school of womenly arts in New York and it was amazing and it, one of the things that it taught me was that if you put those two ideas together, what would happen? My whole business transformed and it had to do a lot with money and, and we talked about how I get paid in advance because that made me feel good. So I kept on doing things that are in keeping of making me feel good and a lot of that had to deal with pleasure and you can take that however you like <laughs> <laughs> this isn't an hour rated
0: podcast so I, th- I, th- I think we might not go too, too far with that one but you, you i think you talked about um and I, and I think this is true when you talk about med- pedicures and, and manicures and and hair and makeup it's it's like a spa like aspect to your life isn't it but also i think you were talking I think this is more practical in a way. Like you enjoy putting things on Pinterest, and but that also contributes to your business and puts things out there that potential customers might like.
1: But, I mean, women enjoy putting things on Pinterest. I mean, that's why there's so many women on it. I think it really goes back to, now we're, we're going back to some of the things that are, you know basic for women I mean we I mean thousands and thousands of years we've done beauty rituals and you know the Pinterest is a visual beauty ritual um getting uh your hair blown out um or you're getting a manicure pedicure you're getting your makeup done those are the that's the essence of what beauty rituals are for women and it doesn't mean by the way I'm so not a girly girl I'm more of a tomboy than a girl a girly girl um but those moments where you're relaxing and you're adorning yourself are so important it means for that moment that you're important and you're you're it you're you're the energy that's being focused on and if you did that with your business and by the way guys are brilliant at doing this they're so awesome um they really can focus on listen I'm gonna go ahead and, and work this hard and I'm gonna go on a fishing trip. Like that's my time. That's what I'm gonna do. And women don't do that. Women will, you know, those do what they need to do. You know, what's what's in that list, that imaginary uh list taking list that's always populating in our head. We're more interested in creating that sometimes. Um, but if you were to, you know, take some some i would say some examples for men they're very they're very unapologetic and they do that as part of who they are so if you did that for yourself could you imagine how far you would go could you imagine if you put yourself first and of course there's realistic parameters around that but if you did that more often what kind of work would you produce it would be amazing because you'd enjoy it more, which is really what you're saying, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And I think you and I even talked about, you know, the the, the naps. <laughs> oh, yes.
0: Francesca had a great idea. And I think this is supported by, I don't have the research to hand, but there's a lot of talk now that people just don't get enough sleep. Mm. And if you really want to... You know, be able to do your work very well, and you can have a nap in the day. Apparently, that's a really good way to boost. But the other side of it that Francesca's talking about is that it, um, it makes you feel happy and good as well because you're not completely
1: tired out. That's what you meant, I think. I think when I get, and I'll, you know, I'm the American side, when I get manic, <laughs> I you know, I think or that's really, what we're talking about here, yes. You know, when I get manic or I get, you know, very in my own stuff, mm. um, I I know that part of it is that I'm really exhausted, um, I'm overstimulated, and I need some downtime. Mm. And for me, that means, like, I need to sleep. I need an hour nap. I need to just recharge. And um, I find it to be more so as I'm getting older. Um, <laughs> you could laugh all you want on that one but i also think think it's true for everybody yeah i think there's also some really great recognition and honoring where you need to be if you need if you need to like block out three to four block out three to four you know you don't have to take a nap but you need that downtime and what happens is is it's like you get a second wind and you're Mm. even better for whatever type of work that you want to produce but it's like giving you yourself permission to do that to have that
0: little enjoyment isn't it
1: all of i think i think being a female entrepreneur you have to give yourself a lot of permission because there's a lot of people that don't understand what you're going through so you're going to be the one that's going to have to do that for yourself i think that's very good advice and not
0: obvious at all actually oh totally not obvious yeah now we've covered a lot of ground here i don't know if there's anything that you think is really valuable that you could add
1: that we haven't covered anything at all Oh, you know, I think the, the the biggest takeaway that the past meetings I've been having are with females that feel exhausted, want to do everything themselves, and don't really see the value in hiring somebody to help them and uh, there's a lot of different reasons there's there's uh, you know listen I'm the only person and I I have to pay myself something I can't pay anybody else which is totally valid but what I want to introduce to you is is the idea of getting a virtual assistant Um, virtual assistants are amazing I have a team of five women that work with me and they really just cut through Um, A lot of the stuff that I have to do from week to week, and it could be anything from processing orders, answering customer service letters, um, anything that you can do that you can train somebody else to do, that is worth its weight in gold. And with... Companies like Odeskcom you can source somebody that's pretty legit they actually put them through a, um, uh, a particular process where they are tested for for English and the skill set that you're hiring for um, they also have like kind of like amazon.com they have like a star rating sort to speak so, so this person ranks this percentage with all the people they work with prior so that can help you make a decision whether you want to work with them I have really easy simple tips to use people like that you can check out any of my websites Um, I think in particular with this one hustleandglow.com has a lot of great tips on how to use virtual assistants and um, it's really easy once you get it started now I'm not gonna lie it's not um, very fluid in the beginning it's like anything in business you have to put them through the rigor of understanding what you need to do I use um, easy software to do that and it sounds all technical but it doesn't have to be um, a lot of this is very intuitive so um, there's some great easy steps that you can do and again feel free to contact me and I can show you how to do that because one of the biggest things one of the biggest blocks for entrepreneurs is that whole feeling and of overwhelm how can you get that element out and it's always something that you're going to be constantly facing but if you can get somebody to alleviate 20 to 40 hours of work off your desk isn't it worth putting that six months into training somebody to help you with that long-term. I suppose the other thing it would do as well, even though it's remotely, is that
0: a lot of entrepreneurs are, are quite sales-oriented and, and they're quite good at getting the product or the service and getting that up and going. But the execution side of it, which includes managing people, managing staff, and managing growth, is where they fall down. And that, mm. that's well known. And as you could also consider this to be
1: a... Um, Like training wheels for that kind of thing in a way. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And one of the great things I like about, you know, circling back to the meetups that I do, is that, and and we meet in Auckland uh, uh, quite often. And what we do is not only do we give each other support and we obviously network, but we're able to really talk. Talk about these things. So, um, this particular weekend, we're g- covering the topic of closing the deal. How do you get that client to sign on? You know, I'm, I'm going to do a virtual assistant series too. So, you know how to source, find, and grow your team. There are ways that, you know, women are really good at sharing. And it's meet is such a great way to, to use that platform and share things that, you know, eventually might be you know beneficial. So I was talking with somebody that had a meeting this week and that in itself is so great that when you share, you remember. And that's how women really build networks. And you never know how that's going to come back to you. And it's so important to give your knowledge now because you might need some knowledge in the future. What social media is all about as well, isn't it? Sharing. Yep.
0: You give and you get. Definitely. Now, Francesca tells me that she always answers her emails and she says that we've covered so much ground here that I'm sure there'll be questions ringing in people's heads. So if you want to contact her, you can contact her at francesca at socialglobalgrind.com and she'll be launching a New Zealand social media service soon and I have to make a disclosure here that I've been helping her do this but one of the things that she's very positive about is that with her social media business both the present one hustle and glow and also what she's planning is that she wants everyone to be able to afford something no matter where you are so one of the things that's quite nice about it is that her prices start at the level of a month's worth of coffees as she puts it or a month's gym membership Anyway, thank you very much for talking to us today and sharing some of your useful social media and other ideas, things that you've learned in Hollywood and San Francisco with your experience with startup businesses there as well. And um,
1: thank you very much. Oh, thank okay. you so much, too. It's been a pleasure. I have to ask, what's your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is globalgirl__la. La. Okay so there we are a couple of ways to get in touch with Hustle and Glow is the main website at the moment isn't it? Uh, Social Global Grind is my first ever website so socialglobalgrind.com is where the blog lives hustleandglow.com is a place where if you're an entrepreneur and you need support that's a place to go Okay and the other thing that I liked I think it's on
0: the Social Global Grind one is there's a blog post about money and asking your clients to pay you
1: Yeah, and it's a little provocative too, because I I think I even say something like, we can talk about sex, but we can't talk about money.
0: (laughs) We need to talk about money. Yes, I think that's very much the way the world is. Thanks again. The New Zealand Business Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, your strategic and proactive IT partner.